Blog Talk Radio. I was welcome waiting for that Blog Talk Radio to kick off because I've started introducing the show before and then in the middle of what I was saying I heard Blog Talk Radio. So I always try to wait until I hear there was a little pause there. So I said, well, let me wait just a little bit longer. But I want to welcome all of our many off-the-shelf listeners those of you who tune in, oh my goodness, every week and 10 years, 10 years, and it's thanks to you guys uh, that we continue to go. And this is something I didn't even plan for. It happened really, really by happenstance. Uh, and, and here we are 10 years later. So I want to welcome all of our loyal listeners to Off the Shelf who are here every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock from all around the world. So I want to thank you again for being here with us. And for those who tune in, it might be your first time. Like, you know, you're on the Internet, you're thinking it's Saturday morning. What what can I do, whether you have it on speakerphone while you're cleaning up the house or whatever you're doing? I want to thank you for stopping by as well to Off the Shelf Radio. It is a joy. You have no idea how much I enjoy connecting with you guys to have you here with us. For those, it's your first time here. I'd like to introduce myself. You sit back wondering, who is this lady talking? I am your host, Denise Turney, and as I always say, I'm coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. And I thank you again and again and again for your support. And I encourage you, please, don't let this day go by before you pick up a copy of my new book, Love Pour Over Me. If you love mystery and if you value relationships, you're going to love this book. You can get it online or offline, any store. That's any store. And if you don't see it on the shelf, just ask the clerk for it. Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. You can read free excerpts at my website, which is chistel.com, C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L.com. And you can learn more about my other books also if you go over to C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L.com. And now... Let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And like I was telling our guest before we went live, uh, you know, we have a lot of book authors who come on, and we've had publicists and publishers and editors and literary agents. But we've only had a few people who've been in, like, in the movie industry, and our guest today is one of those, so I'm excited to have her on. And our special guest today is Kenya Renee Robertson-Reeves. All those R's, I just noticed that. And Kenya is a playwright, she's a producer, and she's an actress. She must love movies. She is also, and I'm excited about this movie, even though I didn't help create it, I'm still excited about it. She is also the executive producer of the movie Deacon's Choice. And you can find Kenya online at www.deaconschoice.com, and it's spelled exactly as it sounds, D-E-A-C-O-N-S. C H O I C E dot com. Again, it's spelled the way it sounds. Deacon's Choice dot com. The title of the movie is Deacon's Choice. Easy to remember. And if you go over there now, you can learn more about the movie, even as you listen to Kenya here on Off the Shelf this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Off the Shelf, Kenya. Good morning. How are you? And how is everyone else listening today? Oh, just just fabulous and so happy to have you here with us from Chicago. I wanted to to begin by asking you, that said, I know you're in Chicago now, but I wanted to ask you, where did you grow up? Just to get a little backstory on you, where did you grow up and what were those early development years like for you? Well, I, I grew up in, on the south side of Chicago, um, fantastic neighborhood and so happy with the family I was raised into. Um, the youngest, I have an older brother, and um, he, he passed away, but I am the youngest child. And um, I grew up, I went to a performing arts high school, and there is where I kind of developed uh, the niche for acting. Um, and then I went on to, to college at Chicago State, and there I got my degree in liberal arts. 
And I've just been heavily into the arts, you know, since I was in high school. So. Oh, my. Now, how did you get into the, the, the school you went to, the school for the arts? Did you have to take a special test that you had to put in a portfolio. I I went to school in Ohio and Tennessee, and that is just New York I know has those types of schools. How did you even get into that to that school to start with? You know what, first I want to say, you never know who is going to be the person that touches your life and inspires you to go further. In eighth grade, my teacher, I knew nothing about that high school, but in eighth grade, my eighth grade teacher, and take in mind, she was my sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade teacher, she was like, you know what, Kenya, I want you to go to a performing arts high school. I think that you would be so successful. And I'm like, what? You know, I knew nothing about really, you know, I, I used to see things on TV, things. You know, and so mm-hmm. she is the one who talked to my mom and actually got me enrolled into the performing arts high school. I actually did not have to um, audition or anything. Um, it was all through her referral, and I got in and I joined the acting program, and from from there, it just kind of fell into place. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that something? That was a long time ago. Now, that was a long time ago. Now you got to audition. I'm 40 years old, so that was a while ago. That, that is something, because when you say, I think that is just really, really wonderful. I remember when I was watching a bio on Tupac Shakur, he got into a school like that in Baltimore, and that's rare to get that opportunity. Good, good for you. I wish they had more schools like that for people to attend who have uh, a strong appreciation for the arts. That said, what attracted you to script writing? Okay. You know, I started after I graduated college, I began acting heavily. So I started off as an actress, period. And that went on for years and years and years. And then when I made 27, I just continued finding myself in a lot of projects that, to me, didn't contain enough substance. Substance, I mean, wasn't positive enough for me. Um, and so at that time, I put the pen to the pad. I started researching how to script write. I took a screenwriting class um, at Act One Acting Studios here in Chicago. So that is where I was also taking acting classes. And from there, I just kind of started writing my ideas down and developed it into um, in, into many different scripts. I, I don't know why, but I'm so fascinated with the, the what all it takes to get a movie off the ground. And I want to talk about that as well as talking about Deacon's Choice. I mean, anything you go after like that, it 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 takes courage and and passion. Can you tell? I've heard actors say this when I will watch the Actors Studio, which I love that show. But I will they. they they talk a lot about the backstory of the of the person who actually is creating the art, and sometimes people will talk about something that happened when they were a kid that just pulled them in to a certain uh, profession. Can you tell us if there was one about a movie you saw when you were a very young girl huh. that la- that left such an impression on you? You knew you wanted to go into movies. Oh, then that, that's a tough one. You know what? Um, at, from a little child, always watching TV. So growing up, that's all we did when when I grew up. Either I was outside or I was constantly watching TV sitcoms. Um, and I never saw anyone that looked like me on television. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up in the seventies. You know, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I just became fascinated and wanting to be that actress on television. I mean, that was, I would always act out things with other people, you know, in the neighborhood. And I was always that one dancing, like I'm in the music videos, acting, you know. Um, and so I just would say that watching TV growing up, I always wanted to see myself on the big screen. And so as I got older and started becoming more and more projects and commercials and things of that nature, I enjoyed seeing myself on screen, but then I realized that in order for me to continuously be on screen, I have to develop and and make it where I put myself on screen because it just wasn't happening fast enough sometimes for me. And so I'm like, hey, I can write things too. I can develop things too. And you know what? I can make sure that I'm in it and I can produce it and I'll make sure that Mm -hmm. I'm on screen. 
There you go. There you go. I wanted to ask you next. Now, script writing, I spoke to, we interviewed another producer here on Off the Shelf. And one thing I, I said, I, there was a, a movie I saw, The Pursuit of Happiness, and I also read the book. And the, there was so much left out of the movie. The movie was wonderful, but so much, particularly about his his youth. The book was, I said, wow. I mean, but the movie was still great. And what the person told me was, you just have so you have this short span of time to tell a story in a movie, so you only focus on certain aspects of the whole story, particularly if it's like a sort of autobiographical. That said. What process do you use? Because I know script writing is nothing like writing a novel. But what what process do you use to make sure, Kenya, that you're telling a complete story as much as you can in a brief span of time? First, you must map out the story in your mind. So, you know, just like writing a novel, I don't think it's any different than writing a book um, or a stage play. Um, it's just developing the story in your mind, um, writing it down on paper, revisiting it a lot of times to make sure that it makes sense, and just making sure that um, what you put in the script, you are creating a visual for that person. You know, when you're reading a book, you know, your imagination is what really drives, you know, the words are there, but it's you, through your imagination. When mm-hmm. it comes to screenplay writing, you have to make sure that the visual you give kind of assists in telling the story. So mm. I think that's the, the only difference. We just have to make sure that the visual is there to help the storyline, um, you know, come across well to the viewer. Now, I want to talk about Deacon's Choice. If you could just give our off-the-shelf listeners, the people who may, some might have heard about Deacon's Choice. They might have come across it on the Internet. Some people in Chicago may, may be aware of it. But many of our listeners might not have absolutely no idea what it is. Can you give our off-the-shelf listeners a synopsis of the movie Deacon's Choice? I sure will. Okay, so Deacon's Choice, um, some would probably assume that the title comes from a religious um, Mm -hmm. screenplay that is about to come out, but it's absolutely not that. It is a a dynamic film of an ex-Chicago politician. Um, You know, Chicago is treacherous when it comes to politics. (laughs) Yes. And so we are going to go over, you know, lies, deceit, um, family of a politician, family secrets, um, as well as addiction and consequences. So we are just telling um, an affluent African-American family. That is what we are tackling. So middle class to upper class um, African-American family, that's what we are going to show the whole world. Okay. Why deacon's choice? Why would you, being that when people hear the word deacon, they think church? Yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely want to get, you know, it, you know, it causes controversy with the title. You know, we definitely want to target a different group to come on out and support this movie. Um, but it, it is actually the main character's name, her name. Oh, is, okay. Yeah, Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Oh, now you're making it more and more interesting. This is a her. Yes. Yes. This is, oh. Okay. Yes. Well, now see, I got to go dig a little deeper so our listeners can get enough information so they really, really whet their appetite and they say, you know what? I have got to see this movie. Can you give a little backstory on this ex-Chicago politician? You said upper middle class. Can you give us a little bit more backstory? I don't want you to give the whole thing away, but just give us more to introduce us more to this ex-Chicago politician so people will feel somehow connected to her till they want to know even more about this this okay. politician and what makes them tick. Okay, so this is based on um, an African-American family. Um, The father, he is a well-known black Chicago politician. Some would kind of label him as probably like a Hale Washington. Um, You know, he has a lot of secrets in his family. He has a wife and he has two adult daughters. Um, During the course of one of the daughter's lives, um, it's kind of she's telling the story of her family. 
So she is the one who is the narrator of the movie. And um, she is an author as well, so she is currently writing a book. So as the story progresses, we just see what she is actually putting in her number one best-selling book. Um, and so um, through her journey in life, we show different roller coasters of her life, just like a normal woman. You know, we have mm-hmm. ups, downs, we have hiccups, we made wrong turns. So right. when we see her story, when we see her journey, you know, it's going to be so much of each one of our families. You know, we have secrets in our family, so we are going to show one secret in the black family that I know a lot of people can relate to. Mm. Um, in fact, we're going to show a couple of secrets in the black family that a couple of people can relate to. We're showing um, addiction in the affluent black family. We, you know, a lot of times in filmmaking, they show African-American women as crackheads, you know, and right. that's a term that I cannot stand using, but they show mm-hmm. it just in such a, a negative light when it comes to using drugs. But we mm-hmm. don't show like the affluent African-American that may be using, that you never know is using, maybe a teacher, doctor, lawyer, dressing nice, prominent in the community. But when they leave, they're doing things that, you know, can harm themselves. So, you know, we're definitely going to break that cycle now and say that if you are, you know, using secretly, you know, and some maybe some family members know about it, number one, we have to stop making excuses for it, you know. Right. They say, oh, it's just that person is, maybe, they, you know. And then we have to encourage them that they can overcome. Yes. That's number one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And then I was going- um, the second thing is um, we have a family secret that so many African Americans are dealing with. You know, a lot of times we have secrets that we take to the grave. Mm-hmm. But what about when you're on your deathbed, as this one politician was, and he exposes a family secret? Now you're Ooh, no longer hearing There's no time to deal with It kind of makes me think about Joe Joe Paterno. I said he just he he exited right on time. It he before sure all did. the I mean, stuff hits the fan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna tackle family secrets big time in the black community. And, and when is it the right time to tell one? I mean, do you, yes. you know, when is the right time? So I don't think yeah. right before you get married to leave. Some <laughs> people are like, wait, 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 I got questions. <laughs> yes, and oh now my you're, gosh. Leaving your family, you're leaving your family to have to deal with what's yes. laid them. So is that fair or is that unfair? I mean, yeah, why didn't you say yeah. something earlier? But that that makes yeah. it that's the intrigue. And why did you why did you why did you carry the secret all this time and you tell it when nobody yeah. you get my leave and no people can't even ask you questions and get more information and now people have to go okay. researching on their own. Why would you keep it all this time and then tell it I'll right before you get ready to leave? That there's yeah. more even more intrigue and it can create emotion for for viewers who are like, I don't like you for doing that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, and then, you know, when it comes to adultery, you know, a lot of politicians deal, you know, yeah. stepping outside, you know, their mm-hmm. marriages. They never show what happens in that household. We just see mm-hmm. it from the news standpoint about it. But, you know, but we deal with that. And, 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 and you know, in the Caucasian world, black world, every nationality. But mm-hmm. we're just going to dig for and say, what happens when you have an affair? And, mm-hmm. you know. In your in your household. Now, if you could c- compare Deacon's Choice and Deacon's again for our off the shelf listeners is one of the character main characters' names, Deacon's Choice. If you could compare Deacon's Choice to other movies, uh, which which movies would you compare it to? I would say as wholesome like as a black family, as probably like this Christmas with Chris Brown. So it is a family movie, okay? But Mm -hmm. it is as intense as um, Precious. So the dark side is really dark. So when you think of Precious, for me, that's a dark movie, right? Mm So um, it's dark at the same time. So it's like Precious and Requiem for a Dream. Now, a lot of people may have never seen Requiem, for a dream, but that is an addiction film. 
Okay. So, um, so it's a mixture. But in the end, you know, we do talk about God. We do, you know, when you come, when you talk about overcoming addiction, um, there is a certain type of, you know, entity that can help you along. And so it's just like fireproof in that aspect with um, Kirk Cameron. Oh, okay, okay. And who who do the politician is, you said, just like a former Chicago mayor, uh, Mayor Washington, um, who do the politicians' lies and deceit harm most? And is it the politician who reveals his secret on his deathbed? It is definitely the politician who reveals the secret. Um, from you, for you guys not being in Chicago, I'm sure that you guys see on the news there's such a negative light when it comes to Chicago politics. So mm-hmm. this, like this politician, has a little bit of every negative news story that you had about any Chicago politician. That's some of the traits that he's gonna have when it comes to Chicago politics. So, but it, but who does who do who do his lies and deceit hurt the most? And then I want to next ask you, how does he? How many terms does he serve? Okay, he um it, it definitely hurts his family the most. So, at the okay. end of the day, it's your family. It is not your constituent, right? At the end of the day, um, and he served. We never say how long he served. But he served from the eighties till um. To like maybe the the early 2000s, so he served numerous times. He was not a mayor; he just was a prominent person in the Chicago politics politics world. So he was what you would think of like an alderman would be. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. How did, now? This is my next question. I had to ask. This is why I asked you how many terms he served. Because you hear so and so was corrupt, so and so did this, that, and the other, and I'm thinking about how corrupt. Chicago was during the Al Capone days, and I'm going way, way back. But then even yeah. later than that, um, how does he get reelected? Well, here's the thing. When it comes to Chicago politics, hey, I'm from Chicago, born, raised here. I love, you know, Chicago politics. Um, the people love him. So although, you know, when it comes to Chicago politics, a lot of higher-up politicians will pin things on you when the when the people love you. So, you know, although, you know, it may seem like he's corrupt, uh, the people love him, so that's who supports him. Oh, okay. So he's, mm-hmm. he, he, he has somebody there, I don't know if it's a lot of connects in the media or where he does, who really is keeps his dirt. And you think, okay, in the 80s and the 90s, the Internet wasn't as strong as it is now, and still politicians are able to keep a lot hidden. But I think as, like, with yeah. social media and all that comes on, this is for everybody, from people, just everyday people to celebrities to politicians. I think people are going to have a harder time keeping stuff hidden. I don't care how good a public relations person they have. It's just going to be harder to keep stuff Hidden, which I think is a good thing, because a lot of a lot yeah. of our quote quote unquote heroes, they oh, really are, don't do heroic things. They they put up a good image that we just believe it. They just have such a good crew, and then you find out the truth and your jaw drops. So I think more yeah. and more that's gonna yeah. I think more and you're doing it through the film exposing it, but I think through again social media and whatnot. You you see people getting in trouble with social media even now. Uh, Losing big deals and whatnot because of something they said maybe years ago or some cell phone clip showed up somewhere. So it's changing now, and I think that's actually a good thing. Can you tell us about some of the actors and actresses who are in the movie? I have. Um, now, you know, it's mighty funny because some people say, well, do you have any big names in the movie? Like any, And I, and I tell people, well, in Chicago, they're big names. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of heavy theater actresses and actors um, in my production, which makes it a solid movie. So it's no way that someone can say that's bad acting, even though it's a good uh, star in it. Um, mm-hmm. So I have some fantastic actors from the Chicagoland area. Um, they're very heavy into the theater world, 
and we're just going to bring you a great um, production. We're going to bring you a great movie that everyone will definitely love. Well, tell us about all some of these actors and actresses. Even if they're not internationally known, somebody just somebody knows them. So, can you tell us some of the right. the names, some of these actors and actresses who are going to be in the movie? Okay, so the lead character she is played by Shannon Mateski. Okay, she is a fan. Yes, she is heavily into. Uh, you may have actually seen her on Deaf Poetry Jam. So she's okay. heavily into um, yeah poetry in the Chicagoland area. She's performed um, at Steppenwolf. She is currently on tour um, in many different cities with her one-woman um, show, Girl, You Think You Grown. So I'm okay. going that. She's been to yeah, New York, California. I am unsure she's hitting Philadelphia, but I'll definitely tell her to reach out to you if she is coming your way. We have um, a gentleman who's playing a politician, his name is Eugene Parker. He is, mm-hmm. you may have seen him, actually, in the Long John Silver commercials. I don't know if you guys have Long John Silvers out there your way, mm-hmm. um, but he is in the Long John Silvers commercials. And then we have an opera singer. Her name is Elizabeth Gray. Um, mm-hmm. She currently lives in New York, um, so you may see her um, on Broadway. Um, okay. Soon. Uh, yeah, so we have some fantastic actors. We have some some children in there that are fantastic as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so looking forward to bringing you a great product. That is awesome. Now, what process do you use? Uh, and I, I've seen movies where they t- it looks painful for the actor and the actress when they come out and they do their, uh, um, I forget what they your casting calls, and you put in your best effort and you just are told, you know, thank you, but you we, you won't be no need to come back, or thank no. you. We'll be contacting you. What what is the process you use when you're selecting an actor or an actress for a movie? Do first of all, do you advertise? We're looking for you know actors and actresses, and then how do you go about actually selecting the people? Well, of course, you already have um, the the character visualized in your mind. So for for us, this is um, the family members. It was very important to cast correctly. With a lot of the family members, they are they're biracial um, because the shocking secret in the end, you know, it's really a shocking secret, right? So mm-hmm. they, you know. It depends, you know, they have to look a certain way for us. We did use um, a casting agent here in Chicago, so we did use a casting agent to help us. Um, And we used um, an extra talent agency for all of the extras that we're using. And then we have friends and family, and we put the word out on Facebook and LinkedIn and all the social media sites to get extra talent. But the principal talent comes from casting agents. Oh, okay. So you yourself are not sitting down with people coming in, reading lines, and then you deciding who to pick. You went through, okay, okay. Oh, um, no, no. Cause, okay, no. Wait, <laughs> let me correct it. So once the casting agent, once you tell them what you're looking for, then they bring the talent in, and yes, I sat there with them the whole time and went through each person. Oh, yes. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God! For for anybody who's off the shelf listener who wants to be an actor or an actress, do you have any tips? If somebody, what what makes the difference between you almost nailed it, you almost got the role, to to but you didn't get the role? Is there, are there any tips you can share with our listeners who might want to be an actor or an actress that can take them over that, get them over that hurdle from always hearing you're good, you almost made it, but you didn't make it. You know, because I am an actress as well, I go through that as well. I just want to say continue to be encouraged, um, you know, with your audition process. Um, Take it very serious. Learn how to step outside of yourself. Um, Sometimes you only have one shot, so just go for it. And in turn, if you are not getting roles, um, don't be afraid to take another acting class to freshen up on your craft. Even talented actresses do it. They have to, you know, take classes as well. Um, and if that skill is not working for you, hey, produce a project and put yourself in it like mm. I do, you know? 
And yeah, and that that yeah, and that gets you out there, and somebody else can see your, your skill. Now, was Deacon's choice? You're you're from Chicago. You're in Chicago, uh, still still home. Was it shot in the city of Chicago? You know, you see here a movie is actually set in one city, but shot in another one. Was it shot in Chicago? And if not, what are some of the other locations that you filmed at? Well, because this is a Chicago themed movie, yes, it is definitely based in Chicago and in the surrounding suburbs of the Chicagoland area. So we did shoot a lot in the suburban areas, but we did film in Chicago as well. This movie is, you know, how I look at certain other movies and it is totally New York, right? Mm-hmm. So this movie will totally be Chicago. So if you're a person who visited Chicago, you could say, oh, I remember that place, or, you know, oh, okay. or from Chicago, just living in another city. You could say, that is my hometown. So, yes, this is definitely a Chicago film. Okay. Now, question for, for uh, again, our listeners who might have an appetite for the film industry. And every industry you go into, whether it's the book industry, the banking industry, I don't care what industry, people will tell you it's tough. It is tough to really get those consistent breaks and to get to the top, whether you're taking it from an entrepreneurial perspective or you're working with someone else and they're, they're actually on, on the project. It's, it's just tough. you got to really, really want it. And I don't care what it is, got to really want it because it's almost going to take like what it feels like everything in you to get the success that you want. That said, for our listeners who are interested in the industry, how expensive is it? To film a motion picture when I, I when I work in New York City, I'm there uh, like three days a week. I'll see the signs up sometimes, and they'll say uh, this street will be closed on Saturday from such and such to such and such, and it's to film part part of a movie. And I know you have to get the permits to close off the streets, and you have to get this, that, and etc. How expensive is it when you factor in everything? The actors, the actresses, the 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 um, you got you got to get your your props together. You got to get the 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 clothes, the attire for the actors and the actresses. The I could just go on and on. All the equipment, the lights, and everything. How expensive is it to film a motion picture? Oh my goodness. Um, we have been filming since March of this year, but we started auditioning last year around mm-hmm. this time last actually. So it is very expensive. I am a high school teacher as well, so all of my checks, and I have two children as well, and I'm married, but all almost all of my checks go to making sure that this movie is produced the appropriate way so that it doesn't look um, bootleg in any type of way. Um, so, again, all of my checks, I am fully devoted. We do also have one other investor. Um, so it's my husband and I and one other person that has come along. But it is very expensive. I mean, you know, we're not Hollywood level. Mm-hmm. So Hollywood level may spend, you know, you know, $9 million, $5 million. Well, mm-hmm. for us, it's going to look like we spent $5 million. Go ahead. So, Go ahead. And, yeah. and, and I, want, I, I think that is – are you – to get more exposure to people in the industry, not not so much to the, um, I know, and I'm going again to the book industry. You want to go where you catch the eye of, if if you want to be picked up by a major house, you the eye of literary agents and editors. You so there there are places where you go that you really want to market to the the consumers, so they'll come out and buy the tickets and come in, or they'll buy your books. And then you also want to market to the people behind the scenes, so you'll get more support there. That said, are you guys like going to film festivals? I'm thinking like Sundance, the Tribeca Film Festival in New York. I'm not sure which ones they have in uh, Chicago to get the attention of the movers and the shakers on the other side of the screen. Of course. Now, with us, um, this is not um, the first film that I've partaken in in development of the film. My husband is a film director, so uh, a few of his films have already been through the film festival circuit, and we are for sure going to um, place this film in the film festival circuit as well. Um, 
but yet that is in due time. So right now mm-hmm. what we're concentrating on is finishing the project, and then in November we will start actively, seriously promoting a film so it can have um, a release date of early 2014. Uh, I, I got to commend you. You said almost all your checks go toward, I, I just, again, I said this earlier, and when when I started out as a writer, I didn't know this, and and I wonder if anybody's starting out at anything. I don't care if it's trying to make it in sports or in science or whatever you're trying to make it in. I don't think most of us know just how much it's going to demand of us when we start yeah. out. But you, that's why I said earlier, you better really, really, really love what you do, and you better really want it because you might end up, it might call for more from you than you ever would have imagined. I, I have to highly commend you and I, and people i know who become entrepreneurs i i think it's better if you do have somebody who has a stable income because this that that world of of freelance entrepreneur it's so up and down and up and down as far as the uh the money that you bring in i i really 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 uh tip my hat to you and i hope that this film becomes like there was a horror movie that came out years ago and it was low budget but it just took off and I, right. I would hope to, um, to see. Was it paranormal? Yeah, it was yeah. a rich project. Yeah, and I would hope that you know that that would happen for Deacon's Choice or another one of your films. That said, I wanted to ask you. I know it's this is produced by Hawkeyes, Hawk Films Enterprise. Uh, is that a, is that also a Chicago-based movie production house? It is. It is. But, um, you know, when it comes to, I want to thank you so very much for just even, you know, hoping the best for our project because that's what I want everyone to do. When when you have an author out there, a playwright, just wish them well. Support mm-hmm. them. You know, a lot of the, the big production houses, you know, like when it comes to Oprah and the Butler and things of that nature, you know, I say this all the time. That's fine. Support them. Yes. But what about that up-and-coming person that yes. has not been able to make it to Oprah but has such right. a great project, you won't even leave your house to even support it. And this could be the project that changes your life through mm-hmm. entertainment. Some projects we've seen that, that come across our, our airways, we've seen that same type of storyline a yes. time. It does not help you at all whatsoever. But what about something new? fresh, renewed, that can help you in this present time. So I just encourage everyone to support it. But, yes, Hawk Films Enterprise is a Chicago production house. Um, They have actually won awards. They've actually helped authors. Um, They actually won an award for The Witch of Portobello, which is by Paulo Coelho, the same gentleman who wrote um, The Alchemist. Oh, so we did, you know, they did a rendition of The Witch of Portobello, um, and it's called The Experimental Witch. And so they actually did a movie for Chapter 9 of the book. And so they were the only African-Americans, and they actually went to Cannes, and it won in the film festival. So I am certainly happy to have them on board with, with this project. Wow. And The Alchemist, yeah, I I love that book. I I love that book. And one thing you said, too, a lot of times we do get behind big names, which is why you see celebrities doing commercials. I don't know where that comes from in us as human beings, where it's almost like once somebody does what it takes to become successful, we just believe everything they say. If they say, go buy this bleach, we just run out and buy it because they said it. And we don't, if you don't take... If you don't give yourself a chance to learn new things and to introduce yourself to new artists, et cetera, when these people that we admire now are gone, then you won't have nothing. So it's it, not not just to say don't support the big names, but also continue to also support at the same time up and comers because the big names aren't going to always be here. So and a lot of them started out small. You think about Tyler Perry right. doing his doing his stage plays. I mean, do you just do you if if you just wait till they get hot to 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 support them, they would never get hot. So you have to see the talent early on and then support that. I have to ask you, where did you get the concept? To even create Deacon's Choice? 
Ooh, okay. So the cat, well, it, you know, it's a few concepts. And it has changed over the course. I started writing Vegan's Choice in 2002. Wow. Um, yeah, it has changed. I mean, some things have stayed the same. Some things have changed. Uh, but when it comes, when it came to the addiction portion of it in the upper class community, that came from real life. My brother um, overdosed in front of my mother, my grandmother, my aunt, and mm. he was not concerned. You know, like a person that you wouldn't even think would be on drugs, right? Right. And so when that and that kind of stunned us. So I said, you know what? Through the arts, I am going to reach people and tell families to stop being enablers just because you don't see your family members not feeling, is not you know really skinny, is not you know, you know that they're doing stuff. So stop enabling that person and help. So that's where that came from. And when it came to another aspect of the movie, which is, um, you know, adultery, um, you know, so many of us go through that, you know, in our marriages. Um, so has that happened to me before in the past? Probably so. Has that happened to a lot of people who I've known? Yes. So I guess, you know, you know, a little portion of it is through real-life experiences. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, so to deal with uh, 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 maybe a some a, a, a personal issue that really really impacted you uh, uh, is where you got the concept. But then that, that leaves where did the the politics piece of it? Is there somebody in your family who was in politics? No, no one, no one has been in politics in my family. But I've always been a person to follow Chicago politics. And when you say that you want to make this a Chicago film, we have to bring upon the deceit of you know Chicago politicians and the and the suspensefulness of Chicago politics, and then also show them as average people. You know, mm-hmm. they may make laws and enforce laws, but then in their personal lives, what are they going through? So you know, I just think that's a a hot topic when you talk about being a Chicago film. Can you tell us, Kenya, about other movies that you've worked on uh, and give us some little, the title of the movies and the synopsis of the films, particularly movies you've either written, produced, or acted in? And can you let us know, okay, I acted in this one or I just produced it. Give us the titles. And if any of them are available via DVD, and i got to ask you, is Deacon's Choice going to also, after it runs, is it going to be available on DVD. So yes. I asked a lot of okay. questions at once. <laughs> That's okay. So number one, um, not only do I produce movies, but I also produce stage plays, and I assist authors who would like to turn their book into stage plays or movies. So I've been in various movies as an actress. Um, I've been in Um and Thug Cry. You can definitely pick that up um, at like Blockbuster online. Um, and on Amazon and in Walmart. Um, also, I've been in The Witch of Portobello, which I told you, which was in the Paulo Coelho mm-hmm. movie. I actually mm-hmm. helped put that um, movie that won in Cannes. Um, I produced the stage play, Love Got a Hold on Me, and that is a rendition from um, an author. Her name is Shoya Bowman. Um so I helped an author there, and we turned it into a stage play. So I acted in it as well as produced it. And I've been an extra in a lot of films, like um, the, the Superman, Man of Steel, that just was out, Contagion. So I've wow. been an extra yeah, in a lot of movies. You can actually see me in a book trailer um, that's out right now. The book is called The Laws of Attraction. By Michael oh. Ross. By Michael Ross. And he has a book trailer out right now. So if you punch in Laws of Attraction book trailer, you'll see the first one that comes up is me. I am in that book trailer. I am the only actress in that book trailer, period. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, please. That, that's, that's deep. It, it, it's going to, you know, it's tricky. Um, I definitely want to hear your opinion because you're an author. And, um, of course, we have Deacon's Choice coming out. We are going to go on tour with the movie Deacon's Choice. Um, So we're going to hit major cities. We're going to have screenings in major cities. We're going to put it on pay-per-view as well for a couple of weeks. Oh. Yeah, and then we are hoping after that to get distribution. So we don't we don't want to sit on it long. You know, some people are like, yeah, I'm going to 
on my project, and I'm going to, no, no, we're going to screen it in major cities. We're going to put it on pay-per-view, and then we're selling it for distribution. Wow. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. For our off-the-shelf listeners, to anybody who's just tuning in, and I know you're excited about today's show, we are speaking with Kenya Renee Robertson-Reeves, and I, I, I encourage you to Google her. She's a playwright, a producer, an actress. She's a mom. She's a wife. And she's she's also the executive producer of the movie Deacon's Choice, which is a new movie we're talking about today that they're working on, hoping to release in early 2014, which is just a few months around the corner. And De- you can go find learn more about Deacon's Choice online at deaconschoice.com, and it's spelled exactly the way it sounds, D-E-A-C-O-N-S-C-H-O-I-C-E, deaconschoice.com. And I was just listening to Kenya, the process, how did you learn? You're saying, okay, we're going to take it around the country and do do different screenings. And I definitely want to see it if it, if it stops in Philadelphia or somewhere close to where I am at the time, uh, so th- so that's wonderful. But then you talked about the pay-per-view and then the, the release. How did you learn about all these processes to really help uh, promote and get get attention for a movie? Well, it's all about research. Before you dive into anything, I am a researcher. Sometimes I research too much and I'm just stuck in just research mode and won't facilitate. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just research, research, research. Research what um, has been successful. It, what if we don't make it to a big production house or a distribution company? What are other ways of distribution that we also can reap benefits to the end of time for our family line? So you mm-hmm. have to just research, you know, what would be the best avenue for you. You know, for us, it's, you know, showcasing it in a couple of cities, then, you know, pay-per-view for a couple of weekends and immediately selling it. Um, or, you know, putting it on various distribution channels so that we can still reap benefits, um, you know, in the end. So that's for me. But, you know, I just encourage all authors, if you are, you know, excited about your project, if you have a book project and you would like to do a short film, there are a lot of short film festivals out here. You don't even have to do a full feature like I'm doing because that costs, okay? Mm -hmm. But, you know, you just have the money and you want to do a short film, hey, you know, turn your book into a short film. If you Mm -hmm. want to turn it into a stage play, turn it into a stage play. Get people around you that can assist you with turning it into, you know, a stage play and turning it into a movie and just do it. It can help with your book sales. You know, it helps build your brand, you know, and it helps other people just see your vision in in a different light. And then when you are an author and you change into a stage play or movie, you have that comparison there, like you said in the beginning of this interview. Oh, was the book better than the movie? Is the book better Mm -hmm. than the play? Mm -hmm. Or it just encourages people to just do either or. So, you know, if you're interested in that, they can definitely, you know, reach out to me and I can definitely, you know, assist with that. You have shared so much on today's show. We have like 12 minutes left. I, you have shared so much valuable information as all of our off-the-shelf guests do. I got to tell you, the guests share so much on these shows that if you had to pay for a seminar or a workshop, you have no idea how much off-the-shelf listeners you gain when you tune in off-the-shelf, which is why I always encourage our listeners to tell everybody you know to tune in off-the-shelf on Saturday mornings at 11. You are going to get so much, and you're getting it for free. And you can you, yeah. you can use it in your life to help to, to advance, or you can help somebody else when you tell them to listen to off-the-shelf on Saturday mornings. At at eleven o'clock, I'm listening to you, and I'm telling you, you are really. I wanted to ask you next. There was Vivica A. Fox. She, I read Sister to Sister magazine, Jamie Foster Brown, and she, um, Jamie Foster is like the uh, executive. I don't know her and her husband. They own the um, Sister to Sister magazine. I think it started out as a newsletter years ago, and it's they've been going going for years. But anyway. Jamie, I mean, Vivica said she does, she's done a lot of movies that just went straight to DVD. Now, is is that less expensive than uh, putting them into a, a theater? Um, it You know what? It depends. I mean, I'm sure she 
did exactly what I did. When she's leaning straight to DVD, meaning she has some screenings because you can screen. And then it's just straight to DVD sales, meaning she had a distribution deal where they said, hey, we'll put the DVDs out there in all the red boxes, you know, all the online ventures. And that's definitely an option for a lot of people, too. And that's definitely an option for us if you can't get, like, worldwide distribution, then you just go straight to DVD. You, they give you a certain amount of money, and you just let them handle that as far as reproducing the DVD and, you know, and, and help market the, the production. Uh, okay. Now, I definitely got to ask you this, since we have so many of our listeners who are writers. Can you give us a ballpark range, and this is not just what you would charge, but just in general what you've seen, a ballpark range to take a book and turn it into a short film for any of our listeners who might be interested in doing that? Okay. You mean when it comes to turning it into a screenplay so you have it taking, taking, taking a book and taking a book and turning it into a short film uh, or, or a stage play can you give like some ballpark prices for our listeners this is reasonable so they'll know that they do try to think of doing that and they move forward that they'll know this is outrageous or this is this is reasonable okay so first you have to get someone that is doing this for the love, right? Because you definitely want them to, you know, to make sure that they know how to write, that they're going to definitely turn it into a stage play or a screenplay the appropriate way, the right way, right? So you got to get the person to write it, or you can write yourself. But if you get a person to write it, just to write it, to turn it into a play or a film, they could charge anywhere from $500 to maybe $1,000, Okay. Okay. Don't I will not pay more than that for a ghost writer or for a writer that's gonna just turn it into a screenplay or stage play. That's writing it for you. Now, when it comes producing it now and turning into a movie and filming it and all that, now that's where it gets tricky. Now, mm-hmm. now here's the thing: either you can have a crew that could do it for oh, I could do it for like two thousand dollars, and now it looks like some type of bootleg movie that you have to spend. $500 on, okay. or you could go ahead on and kind of spend, you could kind of bank on, like, if it's a short film, you could kind of bank on, like, a like the minimum maybe, short film meaning 10 minutes to 30 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Short film. Mm-hmm. You could pretty much bank on probably, like, the minimum $10,000 mm-hmm. you might can do it. Minimum mm-hmm. is like ten thousand dollars you could do it for. But now, when you start talking about um, full feature length, and it comes to sound and post production, post production cost sixty percent of your budget is mm-hmm. post production. The sound and making sure it looks right and sounds right, and you know, um, then you may be talking the cheapest, probably like thirty thousand dollars on up mm-hmm. to right on up to millions. Yeah, and then for a film that that when you think about how much a film costs, it, I mean, if you get a big name actor or actress, you're gonna really, really be taking a big bite <laughs> bank account. But you have to weigh your options. Yes, that those prices sound reasonable to me. They sound reasonable when you think about what a film is not cheap. It is. It generally is not, and those prices you just gave out are cheap, especially when you start thinking major motion picture. Most people would think, yeah. oh, you can't even do it for less than a couple of million bucks so right they say millions they say millions i say you know oh please you know i was like no i'm not gonna spend millions of dollars i actually worked on the um the promotion crew and the um promotions for um the obama effect movie and they spent two million dollars on the obama effect movie you know with charles dutton with um the comedian the short uh, comedian, what's his name? Um, Kevin, Kevin Hart? Guess, no, no, no. No, the light skin when they get in trouble in and out of jail lately. Oh, um, sure. Right, he's very, very short. Um, okay. They spent $2 million on that, and it didn't do well. So now you spend right. $2 million, it didn't do well at all. Names didn't help it at all. But it was mm. a good project. It was so good. Right. It, I don't know what, you know, it was. It was just about the effect of the president being elected and how people was getting crazy and 
you know. Mm-hmm. Now they spend $2 million, and now they're in the hole, right? Well, yeah. My Brother Marvin stage play, I was a part of the promotion team um, for the My Brother Marvin stage play. It had huge names in it. But, mm-hmm. you know, some people were upset because it didn't have Marvin Gaye's music in it, right? So they spent all this money, and in turn, yeah. the names been helped, right? So right. then you go to the Caucasian world, to white world, and they have movies out with no names in it all the time. And they they reap big benefits. Sometimes I just think it's just in our world where we have mm-hmm. to think that we need a big name. But in mm-hmm. other worlds, they still big benefits without even, you don't even know who those actors are at all. You, you, well, really, you want to go for, like you say, the talent, the story, and you don't need to be a celebrity to have talent, and you don't need to be a celebrity to tell a good story. So, you know, for for that. Have you ever heard of Stage 32? We were coming down to the very end, but that's something that I'm just – Richard Bodo, he's a co-founder, and I interviewed him in my um, business blog, Right Money Incorporated, and he started Stage 32. That has grown and grown and grown. He has Hollywood Connects. That's a name I'm throwing out there for you. Uh, you might want to connect with him at Stage 32. I don't know if he can offer any assistance, but I, I feel like he's a guy who has an appetite for independent films, and he does he does have connections. That said, when we come down to the last five minutes, I wanted to ask you, what do you want viewers to take away from Deacon's Choice? I want them to take away, and when they leave out, I want them to say, you know what, that was a fantastic movie, and I am going to support the writer in all ways necessary. I am going to spread the word about this production, and in turn, I am going to do better within myself as well. So I want people to leave there feeling better about themselves, changing one negative thing about themselves, and just Mm -hmm. embracing their family, embracing their family a little bit more, and as well as just supporting us, standing by our side, and spreading the word about the movie Deacon's Choice. Now, how did you land the Rob Diggy Morris as the artist to do the music for Deacon's Choice. How did you how did you land him? <laughs> Rob Diggy, he actually won a Grammy for um a song he did with Beyonce, Crazy in Love. But he is a fantastic um movie scorist, uh soundtrack person and he's great. That is a friend of mine, so I refer him all the time. If you're having a stage play, he, he works well with people from different cities. So if you if you are in you know looking for a person who does music soundtracks, um, you know definitely look him up, Rob Diggy Morrison. He is a personal friend of mine. Can you let us know again when Deacon's Choice is slated to be released, and what are some of the cities that I know you ha- don't have it finalized yet, but what are some of the cities that you're thinking about doing screenings at, so our off-the-shelf listeners can look out for it? So we're definitely Chicago, Atlanta. Memphis, um, Tennessee, and we definitely want to take it on the road to parts of, you know, Los Angeles, and we would definitely consider now Philly. You know, we would definitely consider your area, but those are the the cities that we are hoping for early 2012. So we're we're going to start our marketing next month. So please, you know, if you would like to join our email list, please Mm -hmm. visit www.deaconschoice.com. Go under the contact page, and it's a sign-up sheet. Please, you know, sign that, and then we'll start sending you updates and, you know, where we're going to be and what city. Okay. So for our off-the-shelf listeners, we have just had the absolute pl- pleasure of, of connecting with Kenya Reeves uh, here this morning, and she is the executive producer of Deacon's Choice. And Deacon's is the first name of a main character in the movie, which is slated for release early 2014, which is just a few months away. That's next year. They're going to be doing some screenings in some major cities. Again, go to deaconschoice.com, sign up for the contact so you can be kept aware of any screenings that are going to be in your city. Please come back to tell all the folks you know to come back and listen to this interview in its entirety if you came in on the midstream in the interview and you can listen to it and get so many tips and advice from Kenya that you don't you, you don't have to be an actor or an actress or 
producer to to those tips to benefit you, but in anything that you do or you want to do in in life and and be successful at, she shared a lot of things that I think you will find beneficial. But go and support Deacon's Choice, Deacon's Choice, Deacon's Choice. So go over there, deaconschoice.com, sign up at the contact list. It, there's no charge, just a few seconds out of your day, and you can be kept up to date with what's going on with Deacon's Choice. We want to always support good talent because if you just keep supporting the people who've already made it, when they're gone, then what do you have? So we want to support even even up-and-coming talent. Again, deaconschoice.com. As I always tell you, I thank you for being here with us. Come back next Saturday, 11 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time will bring you another fabulous guest. Thank you, Kenya, Kenya, Kenya. And I'm going to go sign up. I'm going to sign up as soon as I hang up the phone so I can keep be kept up to date with Deacon's Choice. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. You're awesome. You are absolutely amazing. Love you guys. See you next Saturday. Bye for now. And Kenya, I'll shoot you an email. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.